I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the Leadership Journey series. I am interviewing leaders with an interesting story to learn how they got where they are today. We all have a lot to learn from each other's stories of where we started, where we are now and our successes and struggles on the way. With this series of interviews, my attempt is to give leaders an opportunity to share their stories and for all of us to learn from their generous sharing. Boyana is a serial entrepreneur who leads by questioning the status quo, reading between the lines and listening to what isn't said. She believes anything is possible and is confident in taking risks and coloring outside the lines she has dedicated her career to helping people unleash their inner desires and strengths and she believes in paying it forward what stood out during our interview was that how she dedicates time for her walk and talks which is in her own words a gift of her presence that she voluntarily gives to others she has done over 400 of these in the last few years where she would walk and talk in the woods or in a park in Amsterdam with another person. Welcome to the show, Boyana. Hi there. Uh, Hi there. Nice meeting you uh, during COVID times. Let's start with an introduction from my side. What I always try to do is stay away from my resume in introductions because I think it doesn't tell a lot about me as a person. I think many jobs positions can be changed but it doesn't say anything about your personality so i think it's nice to start with the fact that i've been born and raised in amsterdam i have roots in the balkans former yugoslavia i am married to a, a man who makes me laugh even after 17 years which is really a nice thing but he still can do the trick with me i have an 11 year old daughter and I'm actually aiming to be the example I have never had to her. That's my biggest goal. Mm. And I try to achieve the fact that she's a happy person. That's the first thing. And that she's very much aware about herself. And then all the hard skills will follow. I have a deep desire, Sumit, to get the utmost out of life. I, I really like life and I always enjoy being with people, discovering new things, new projects, new countries, new kitchens. I really have the urge to see and explore as much as possible in life. I always question the status quo because I love to explore boundaries and uh, where possible, I, I love to color outside of the lines. So if a framework is there, I always go to the edges and see what's possible. And I think in my life, resilience has saved me really, because it's, I think, very important if you can bounce back uh, from whatever happens to you in personal or in work life. So that's also maybe the reason that I don't add value to positions or something, because I think it's, it can change over time. Mm -hmm. And settling for no is also a thing that I really can't do. So I always think of solutions and try to get into 
a solution or somewhere because no is not possible in my uh, framework. <laughs> if you look at my career paths, yes, I have built my career in advertising. I've been an entrepreneur afterwards. Corona has influenced my businesses, unfortunately, but also there, I try to add value and make a difference within this uh, foundation now. It's called Stichting Studiesale in Amsterdam, where we actually fight inequality of opportunity. And this is a topic in my life. So I very much I reckon the youngsters struggling within certain frameworks and trying to get out of it. And now I try to make a difference here and I will see where this path will bring me and what my next stage will be in life. Thank you for that heartfelt introduction. Yeah, I yeah. think that there are multiple threads which I would like to. Yeah, let's explore. Let's explore. Yes, yes. Let's <laughs> go one, one by one. So you, yeah. you, sa you said that you, you are born and brought up in Amsterdam, but you you have a lineage in the, from the former Yugoslavia. Uh, and then you also mentioned about your daughter and how being an example, which you did not have, is very important for you. Can you share a little bit more about, about your backstory and how has that shaped you? Uh, I'm actually an introvert by nature. And if I think of myself in younger years, I really didn't know how to ask for help in terms of to reach my full potential. And because I was this introvert, people really didn't, I don't want to say make an effort, but they didn't think I was capable of so many things mm -hmm. where I was. So that's why it, for me, it's very important to give my daughter opportunities and frameworks, which she can explain because somewhere by heart, she's also an introvert, but we, we always try to, to try to find where is her potential, but not only potential, but also what makes her really happy. And I see that she's speaking four languages. She, she likes to be with people, very emotional, intelligent. For me, it's also important that she's equipped for life to find her way. Mm -hmm. And I don't think in, in universities or she must do a certain schooling or a certain job. No, I just want her to be happy. And if, if that means that she's the cashier at a certain moment, she will be that best cashier, which is possible. So th that's for me a very important thing. And I really try to invest in others because I miss that in life. So not only my daughter, but also people around me. I really mm. think uh, pay it forward is the way to go, to give people something more. And as a leader in my businesses and, and also before, I, I was very much aware it wasn't about me. It's more the way I treat people. And that's for me very important. It says a lot about the person. So it doesn't matter which position or yeah. it's very important to me how you treat people. Mm -hmm. It can be the taxi driver, but it can be a CEO, whatever. But I try to aim to be the same person to all of them. And, and as you spoke about being an introvert and asking for help or, or asking for anything, Yes. I think a lot of introverts struggle with expressing themselves, expressing their requirements yes. and being judged by others. So what, what happened for you that allowed you to overcome that or that allowed you to, because I, I can imagine, right, as an entrepreneur, that's part of your job, right? You, every entrepreneur, every leader has to acknowledge that they need help, that they cannot do it alone. So what happened for you to shift that viewpoint that this is something which I really need to become and then also set an example for my for my daughter. Yes, I think I learned this over time to actually see the power of asking for help. And this started within my teams because I was very much aware that I am 
I don't know all the things they do because they are so much smarter, better at, at certain things. I'm just there to guide them to, to an end goal and to the mm -hmm. full potential of themselves. This is really something which helped me by learning by doing actually and asking for help and making it bigger, always trying to make all the perspectives bigger in a way. And also be honest about it. Hey guys, I don't know. What do you think? And I think this is really very powerful. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And as, as I talk to you, I can also sense uh, a drive or, a, or like a wanting to succeed. I think you also mentioned it, but I can sense a particular. Yeah. And, and I want to connect that with you growing up as a child, right? Where, where is that coming from? What has shaped that energy? I think being true to yourself and knowing yourself, I think that has added value to that perspective in terms of how can I explain that? I was very much aware that I'm a miss hmm. and I didn't, I liked it. I, I, I was not bothered by it because I was very certain about the way to go. And this can be like ballsy or whatever, arrogant, but that's not the thing. I was very much okay with myself. And being this misfit or this outsider in a way, it's also very lonely. But mm -hmm. I could cope very well with this. So I think this is maybe also the, the energy that you sense or however you want to name it, is that I'm okay with myself and there it all starts. I don't need a lot of influence from outside to feel okay with myself. That, that's a wonderful ability or skill to have. Yes, yeah. I'm very grateful. Very grateful. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering that has brought you a lot of success or that has brought you... Yes, but success to me, Sumit, is not only a career path. Success mm -hmm. to me is being the person you want to be for your surroundings and to look in the mirror and just be good with it. I think that's the most, uh, that's the biggest fight you can have with yourself, let's say. So I'm, until now, I'm content. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and yeah. I can imagine that's not always easy. No, it's not. To do it's that, not. Yeah. yeah. Are there any tough choices that you have had to make and you have to make and then you can share with us today? Like, in, in that context of success, how we define success and maybe how the world around us sees success or expects us to be. Yeah, I have a certain view on that because I, unfortunately, still we have a very traditional view of success. And this is mostly tied to either job descriptions, titles or hierarchy. I feel that I have an aversion to that because most of the time what you in these kind of contexts, it can be in corporate life, it can be in whatever, that people around those persons actually behave unnaturally because they are starstruck or whatever they are. They don't know how to behave. But also the ones having this position or title also don't behave very natural because they either struggle with egos or they don't know. So this is something I really think that labels are not helping us actually to show who we are. Hmm. And I, I, I was always very much interested in the persons behind the labels. And I think that's more important. And also I have this genuine interest to discover mm -hmm. and scratching the surface doesn't really satisfy me. I, I want to have the deeper conversations and get to know people. And also this has led me to many meaningful connections because when I was having the company Concierge Amsterdam, I was working with famous people, dignitaries, business tycoons, and I saw that the people around them always made things difficult. And as soon as I had the possibility to connect with the person, 
it was really magic. And not always, but most of the time, because I approached the person as a person and not as this star or whatever. And one of the biggest compliments I got is, for example, that one of the, there is a business tycoon who's on the Forbes list, who was a client of mine. And he gave me the compliment without even realizing that he gave me this compliment that he said, you are the lifeline to the normal world. And mm. I said, how do you mean? I, I didn't understand what he was saying because, and then he said, yeah, I can have conversations with you and you challenge me without any filters. Mm. And I think these things are, are very valuable to me. So no payment or whatever can match this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is very important because I speak to a lot of leaders daily and one of their main complaints is that people do not open up to them or people are always filtering what they say or what they want to say to them. I'm curious, right? What advice would you give to leaders so that they create that atmosphere, they create that openness and reduce that barrier of sometimes their titles or their or their Yes, it's not easy, Sumit, because I even, one of my corporate clients, I even provoked them a few years ago to realize an event for them. It was a big network event. And I said, do you dare to get rid of the name, uh, Boyan Adowski, mm -hmm. uh, whatever, CEO, whatever. And, and they looked at me like, because this already, you always look at the name tag and then you're behaving in a certain way. So I wanted to get rid of this because they said that the, the red thread for this event was meaningful connection. I was thinking, if you really want to make a meaningful connection, we have to get rid of all the titles. And, and these are the nice conversations you have. And if you look at the advice I would give to leaders is actually, it's a few things, knowing yourself, being good with yourself, but also showing genuine interest in people. Uh, whatever you say or whatever you do, people are listening through the filters of their own needs. They always reflect. So actually, they, they are not listening to you. They always reflect with their own framework. And I think it's, it's very important to take the responsibility of not, about, not only about acting the way you act and uh, the things you say, but also how are things heard and seen from the other mm. side. And this is something which is a challenge for many. I, I think not just a challenge, but uh, I would even call it a blind spot because a lot of focus um, in organizations and, uh, and and it's also true for me. It's, it's not like, like we're putting somebody on the spot and it, a lot of focus is on the speaking, is, is on exactly. the communication rather than on what is being listened, what is being heard, exactly as you said. Exactly. And then because I think one, one thing which I like to say, is it, it, everything happens in the listening. Right? So if I am speaking out and trying to inspire somebody, but the other person is just feeling annoyed or frustrated, the outcome will be determined more by the their annoyance, what they are, how they are listening, even if I am speaking in a very jovial, very inspiring voice. So that's a very re relevant and a very deep um, point which you mentioned. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 So as we talk about success, as we talk about the future, tell me what does a purposeful and successful future look like for you? I don't know if you know the Japanese Ikigai concept. Yes, I know. I'm a very yes. yeah. I think reaching my personal Ikigai is the utmost I can reach. And I think with behaving and also being aware of every moment in life, and this is something I really try to be as much as conscious as I can be. Also with downfalls, up, up climbing, mm -hmm. like enjoying the process as much as the end goal. So I think this is something I would like to reach and achieve to be completely successful, to have this sweet spot of Ikigai in life. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this reminds me of this balance between the short term and the long term of always exactly. pushing or always uh, working towards the end goal, but also to keep your awareness and presence, as you said, in the present moment. So is there any practice or is there anything which you can recommend or which you do to bring that to, or to create that breathing space for yourself in the midst of a busy life? Yeah, I to start with busy life, I say busy is a choice. Mm-hmm. And I really am very bothered by people when you ask them, how are you? They say, yeah, I'm busy. What does that mean? <laughs> is that good? Is that bad? Is that what does it mean? So this is something that I uh, really try not to. And most of the time, my schedule is empty because mm. I don't like to plan things. I, I like to take things the way they come. Busy lives are, for first of all, a choice. You always have a choice to do something or not to do something. And what was actually your question about this? The question was, how do you create breathing space in the ah, midst yes. of a breathing lot of activity? Space. Yeah, yeah, but also breathing space. That was actually literally something I wanted to get into. I do a breath work. I don't know if you are familiar with breath work. This is something which really helps me because it's very healing and it helps me to be aware. And the mm-hmm. older I get, I use more the power of my inner source in a way. When you're young, you use your head and you go for the best options and solutions. And now I try really to go to the gut and, and the heart and see where does it make me tick. And I'm very observant of serendipity because I think we often get some energies, people, signs, which we can't neglect. So I really try to integrate this in day-to-day life because things don't happen without a reason. Can you uh, share a little bit more about that? Because our listeners might be curious because you mentioned something very powerful that that when we are young or in in a particular time, we operate from our head, from a very analytical, from a very reasoning point of view. And now what you're trying to do is trust your wisdom, trust your gut, right? How do you make it practical or or share a little bit about that? Because I'm I'm really curious. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Because when you're building your career, when you're young, you always think of CV, whatever, positions. Mm -hmm. And so this is very much from the head. And maybe you also take positions and jobs which drain you or you don't like, but you do it for the money or you do it for the next step. There's always a next step. Also, when I look at me, unfortunately, I landed in advertising by coincidence and I stayed there for 12 years. But the reason I entered advertising was the fact that I needed income. And not only just income for myself, but the war in former Yugoslavia was going on. And I tried to add value to lives of others and to family. And so my goal was to earn money Mm. and not, it, it didn't matter in which way. So from the very lowest position in advertising, I grew to a managing director within, uh, I think, 10 years. And actually, when I was there, I was thinking like, what am I doing here? This hmm. was never a real choice. I grew into it, which is really nice. And I, but I was so focused on earnings that at a certain point, because unfortunately the war in Yugoslavia took 10 years, at a certain point, I was like, okay, I don't want to do this. And I left mm. my job on, on this position because it wasn't me. And luckily the, the war ended so I could let go. But it's really interesting to see that when you do things from, from your head, it's a, it can be a different path than when you could go back to yourself and see what you really need and what you would like to do in life. And if we go to the practical side, 
I really dislike CVs. So when people also were looking for a job at the companies where I worked or in my company, I always left the CV on the site and I asked them, first of all, I want to know why do you want to work for me? Because I think we have to choose managers, directors, leaders, and not positions. So this was very important to me. And next, second of all is what would you like to achieve and how can I help you to achieve that? So it was not about what do you bring to the table in terms of skills? No, if you know what you, where you want to go, then I can help you and we can achieve it together. So this is something in practical, let's say work life. Yeah. I, yeah, I used a lot. Yes, yes. And I think this also ties into the inclusivity and how being inclusive is not just looking for different labels or different kinds of people from their skin color or, or from their background, but all really listening and connecting to each person because in a way each person is unique. And yes. that's real diversity. That's real inclusivity. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and now still to the day of today, I, I receive thank you notes or people getting back to me for whatever time. And this is something which is really nice to see and mm -hmm. not only being a manager or a, a boss or however you want to frame it. It's not about that. It's about the value I added to their lives. Yeah. And if we take this topic of expressing gratitude or receiving gratitude, what is it right now in your life that you feel the most grateful for? I think nowadays um, it's more than ever healthy, being healthy. I think <laughs> it's really a big gratitude I have, but also I'm very grateful and I do a, a gratitude journal every day. I'm very grateful for the small things in life and, mm -hmm. and yeah, maybe it's also it has to do something with age, but the older you get, the smaller the things are, which you are great, how do you say it? grateful? It's the small things. It's the smile that I got unexpectedly or a comment or a, a meeting someone. I really also, when I walk the streets or whatever I do, I really try to make contact. Just mm -hmm. looking people in the eye, I think it's very important just to make sure that people feel seen in whatever small way is possible. Thank you. That's a very small detail, but I think these small details are what can really make our day. And this again ties in back to that slowing down and taking that space for being aware of what is happening around us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. For yeah. And during Corona, cooking for my old neighbor. Mm -hmm. It's so simple, but we can all add value to the, to the lives of others. Thank you. Thank you. As we have spoken about multiple threads here, I want to ask you, can you share an example of a person or multiple people who have made an impact to your life and specifically to your leadership? And is there a specific story, if you can recall? It has also to do with these small things because there is not a person or a situation I can think of. But I think being aware of the impact you can have hmm. and not only follow your kind of guidelines or whatever you have to do. I don't know how they are called, those Excel sheets and all the end goals but also try to be yourself in a way. I, I think that's really, and I try to have a positive impact on everyone I meet, Sasumit. So, you know, to have a chat like with you, but also just, just small things. As I mentioned before, I think mm. that's really very important. I, I don't have a situation for myself that I can say, okay, that was like a tipping point or mm -hmm. there has been so many small things, a gesture. Yeah or something someone said, but it's not, it didn't stay that big in my memory. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And as we talk about leadership, as we talk about a different lens, and you also spoke about being a misfit earlier, 
right? So you have a different point of view. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So t- tell me something, because this could also lead to people uh, not getting you at times or misunderstanding you. What is it that people misunderstand, misunderstand about you the most? Honestly, I'm not concerned with this. It doesn't really get to me. I, I, it's also the effort people want to make to really see or really listen, as we mentioned before, actually. So I'm not very concerned about what people might think of me or misunderstand about me. I always think that's a shame if or you're missing out on something. We could have mm-hmm. had maybe a nice conversation or a nice project together. But if you don't see it, I, I'm not pushing there. So I'm not concerned with what, what people think. Really, and maybe we should ask people around, but no, I'm not busy with that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think again ties ties back to the same thread of being more comfortable in your own skin, which you mentioned a little bit earlier. And yeah, uh, yeah. also at times taking a stand for yourself, taking a stand for who you are. Yeah, and not be judgmental. I don't judge people. Mm. I, I I aim uh, to be the person in the surroundings of others where they can be mm. themselves, and. Sometimes it's not nice. There are always things that you don't like about yourself and you don't want to show, but I don't judge. And also within the foundation I'm now active with, people really feel comfortable. And, and that's something I, I really try mm-hmm. to achieve, that people feel comfortable and also show their uglier sides in a way. But then there is actually a room for improvement. And mm-hmm. this is something we can do together. Yes. So these are some wonderful ideas. And uh, like I, I always like this question, which I'm going to ask you next, which is if you, if you were to going to write a book, what would it be about? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say many. Uh, there was one team member within Concierge Amsterdam. She told me, oh, Boyana, you should just, uh, write a book. And also because of all these stories I have with these famous people or rich people and the situations I was in sometimes you can't even imagine and I'm not very keen on sharing them because it's it's just a moment but she told me like the way I behaved in those moments and also sometimes you don't know what to do like you're in the framework of problems or whatever yeah I always try to stay calm and so I think the book would be about staying true to yourself and also in terms of leadership understanding it's not about you i think mm. that's the biggest learning yes yes and how, how what advice would you give to somebody who is very ambitious who has that drive and yet it can also create that tendency to make things about you or as we spoke earlier about the titles about the, the positions or success yeah you know what this comes from somewhere so i would challenge them by questioning and going back in time where does this come from? That most of the time it comes from youth, either not be seen, neglected, or having many brothers and sisters and always have to be the one to struggle to find your position. I think with getting aware about these situations and where does it come from, it helps hmm. to be more yourself. Because I think we all will be much more successful if we can be ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And and for you, I think we touched about touched on it uh, just a while ago. But what what has worked for you to connect these threads for yourself? <laughs> well, uh, making some very big downfalls, like really, I don't want to say how do you say errors or that I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. But with the knowledge at that time, I did the best I could. And if I look now back at it, I'm like, oh, that was not really a good choice. But Uh, taking responsibility uh, for that choice and also accepting 
that I was mm. capable at that moment for this solution, you have to deal with it. So I always try to look forward and not to look back and just yeah. accept the way it is. And I think that's very important. Yes, I, I totally, totally get what you're trying to say about acceptance and uh being okay with what is rather than what you would want to be because that creates a lot of negative energy if you're trying to change something in the past and just accepting things as they are actually allow you to be different to change either yourself or actually fight for what has happened in the past exactly and you know what uh, as long as you're moving mm -hmm. there is also damage control <laughs> so you have to accept that as an entrepreneur if you stand still yeah it will never happen so as long as you're moving, there are positive and negatives coming towards you and you just have to deal with it. Yes. And, and this reminds me of this metaphor of riding a bike. I think as long as you're moving, there will be times when you will lose balance. And the only thing ma which matters is not to focus on the on the on what had you lose your balance uh, like a rock behind just but to focus on the road ahead. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So before before we wrap up, where can the listeners connect with you and find out more about by asking, <laughs> you know what? I'm on LinkedIn for sure. So people can connect with me, but also I do, I did a lot of walk and talks and walk and talk is an hour. I voluntarily give to others. And what I ask from the other person is to really define a, a question they have about their, mm -hmm. their whatever career, personal development, whatever they want something they struggle with, but define clearly their question for help and what they would like to reach within that hour. And if you do this preparation, this hour is very successful and adds value to many. And I think I made around in the last few years, I think 400 walk and talks. Mm. Yeah. And what I do for this, and that's why I also ask them to prepare is I really try to be in the moment. So I prepare mentally on this. I, I clean out everything. I don't touch my phone or my computer at the 45 minutes before that hour. And we walk, we pick a wood or a park in Amsterdam. And this conversation is, and then we talk. And you have no, how do you say, you don't have to come back to me. You don't have to give me feedback or whatever. It's just for you. It's a present for me to you. And um, this is something people can ask me to do. And I do this once a month for a day. So I have certain different walk and talks with the gap of 45 minutes because I always have to clean out. And I see that it's very helpful and it's small, but it can be very big. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's quite unique and very creative. I've never heard of like that kind of a dedication, that kind of scheduling. Yeah, because it, it brings me also a lot because mm -hmm. we always learn from each other. So it's also by the questions people have, the way they think about things. It gives me much insights about how people behave and think. Mm -hmm. so this is also present to myself. Thank you. Thank you for sharing everything. I think the whole thing ties together with this balance between driving for something as well as keeping your sense in the moment and being aware. Uh, and I'm it's sure everybody... Easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of things are simple, but not easy. No, no. And it's a path. So I don't want to say I'm there, but I'm mm -hmm. getting there. And it's exploration. It's daring. And opening up is also a big thing in this. So as soon as you're capable of doing this as a leader, I think it brings so much. 
thank you yeah thank you for everything which you shared thank you for for your thoughts but also most importantly i think thank you for being you thank, thank you. you for for who you are in the world thank you yes and thank you for your time sumit yeah have a lovely day that's it for this episode of choosing leadership with sumit gupta i choose leadership every time i record this podcast and i invite you to do the same i invite you to design a life of joy meaning pride and satisfaction not just for yourself but also for those around you this is what i do most naturally to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light to help you see what you are already capable of i say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp if you like the sound of it do not forget to leave a rating I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com/newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.